A quarter of the NFL season is in the books and the New York Giants are still struggling to find an identity. We're going to talk about that, plus some changes this team can make to get back on track and a lot more with special guest Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Got Patricia Chena, P Train here with you on this Wednesday edition of the show. And I am joined by good friend Ed Valentine of Big Blue View as we get ready to talk about the quarter mark of the New York Giants 2023 season, a very rough start to the season. The Giants just not playing well. I mean, really a surprise, Ed, with how they have been playing. I mean, be honest. Did you think, even think that this might be a, a possibility that the Giants would be this bad? Absolutely not, Patty. But before we get deep into this, I have two things to say. First, Uh-oh. I still can't get used to this P-Train stuff. I, I still can't you. get used to this P-Train stuff. <laughs> And the other thing is I was listening to your intro at the top of the show before you brought me on talking about the Giants identity and Patty, they have an identity. They have an identity. They're a bad football team (laughs) who doesn't do anything well. That is their identity. They are bad. Surprisingly, shockingly, incredibly almost historically bad through four games. It's it's unbelievable, but that is their identity right now. They're bad. Well, I'm sure it's not the identity that they wanted. Let's put it that way. But, but I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a team, you know, Brian Dable talks about how every year is a new year. And here's a team that brought back the same coordinators, the same core, they supplemented pieces, you know, same systems. They're running everything pretty much the same. And they have gone backwards. They're not even really making progress to where you could say, oh, you know, the run game is, or the run defense is better than it was last year, or this was better than it was last year. They're going backwards. And how does that happen, Ed? How does that happen given the circumstances? Patty, if, uh, if I had that answer, I might walk into Brian Dable's office and give it to him. But uh, he might not want to hear it these days either. But I'm not sure he wants to hear much from any of us these days. But yeah, true. But I really don't know, Patty. What I what I do know is I think that as you said, the Giants had a certain identity last year. It was very conservative offensively. It was you grind it out. Don't make mistakes. They 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 weren't an explosive offense. They relied on sort of keeping games close, grinding them out, and taking advantage of the mistakes made by made by other teams. And I think that in the interests of wanting to move forward from that, they don't want to be that team anymore. They want to be more explosive. They want to open things up. They want to get the ball down the field. They want to be on offense 
a Daniel Jones-centric team, more than a running back-centric team. And right now, they don't have the offensive line to pull that off. We've seen, Patty, we've seen four games. We've seen two games where they've run the ball really well on the first drive and then proceeded to completely ignore the run after that. And we've seen two other games where they've just ignored the run from the beginning. So we don't know if they could have run the ball. So they don't want to be a running football team anymore. And I think they want to be something that they're just not capable of being right now. Very true. And, you know, and I've got to ask you about this because I know I've gotten this question a lot from a few readers and listeners of ours. Joe Shane, you know, we, we talked about how he was making all the right moves and we were applauding him and stuff like that. I still think it's too early to, to render a final judgment on his first two draft classes, but you look at some of the moves he's made. Do you think there's fault with some of the moves he's made, or do you think maybe it's the coaching staff not deploying these guys correctly? I mean, where do you see, if assuming you see a disconnect? Patty, I think I see a little bit of fault on both sides here. Okay, Joe Shane was lauded, you know, from here to 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 the moon for his first draft, but he had the fifth and the seventh pick. It wasn't it wasn't rocket science to do what he did. He made a couple of choices, and I still believe that Sauce Gardner was the guy that the Giants really wanted at five. And, and when you look at it in retrospect. I go back to something that Joe said when he was asked about drafting Evan Neal. He said, hey, the, the simple question was, why did you choose Neal? And he said, because Icky was off the board. Well, if he preferred Icky so much, why didn't you take Icky at five, take the offensive lineman you really wanted, and then take Thibodeau at seven? Or, you know, do something else at seven? So... I don't know what Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be yet. I think he hasn't, you mentioned it. I don't think he's been used to the best effect so far. I don't know what Evan Neal's going to be yet. I'm I'm discouraged by what we see from Evan Neal. And I think we've talked about it on the show before, Patty. I think that, that what it comes down to with Evan Neal is, I don't think Evan Neal is the athlete that we all thought he was. I don't think he moves as well. He doesn't have the balance. He he doesn't have the physical gifts and the smooth movement skills maybe that we thought he did, and that makes it very difficult for him to handle, you know, really good edge rushers. But but yeah, there's there's got to be some fault with with Joe Shane and there's got to be some questioning of what he's done so far. I think Joe's done a good job overall. But Right now, it's not working, so everybody's got to look in the mirror. Yeah, and to your point with Evan Neal, I think a lot of people were expecting Andrew Thomas, too, which is high expectations. Maybe not fair to Evan Neal, but but still, you would expect him to be a lot better than what he has been. Patty, something I want to say about the the Andrew Thomas-Evan Neal comparison, and I said this recently on my own podcast, when I had Nick Filato on a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were talking about Neil and 
I know that people were looking at Andrew Thomas as the example for a year two leap. And I've been warning for months not to expect that same sort of leap from being bad to all of a sudden being Pro Bowl caliber in one year. There's an essential difference between those two players. Andrew Thomas's issues as a rookie were never about Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas's issues were about Joe Judge, Mark Colombo, Jason Garrett, and Dave DeGuglielmo. The offensive line coaching and the offensive coaching in general during his rookie year was a mess. They put their first-round draft pick in in an awful situation, not to mention the fact that I've never asked Andrew about this, but Nate Solder opted out of that rookie season at the last minute. It's still my belief that Andrew Thomas spent the offseason preparing to be the right tackle and walked into training camp, and because Nate Solder had opted out, was told, oh, you're going to play the left side. So I don't think anything that happened with Andrew Thomas as a rookie was about Andrew Thomas. I think it was about the dysfunction of the Giants in general. I think that when you look at Evan Neal, a lot of Evan Neal's issues are about Evan Neal's movement skills and Evan Neal's lack of balance and Evan Neal's use of his hands and and not necessarily about Bobby Johnson or about Mike Kafka or anybody else. I think Evan Neal's issues are about Evan Neal. Excellent point and and well taken point. You're you're absolutely right. You know, Andrew Thomas to to, to expect Evan Neal to be Andrew Thomas too just not fair to him. Now a guy that we did have expectations for, Daniel Jones, who has seemingly regressed. How much of that has been on the offensive line versus the play calling versus Daniel Jones? Patty, I think it's a combination of all three. And I will say this. I still believe there's a good quarterback in Daniel Jones. I still believe that that what we saw from him at the end of last season is in there. All right. I still think he's capable. Is he a top five guy? Is he a guy who lifts his team? I'm not sure he's that guy. He lifts them sometimes with his legs, but not necessarily, you know, with his attitude or or with otherworldly kinds of throws. Sometimes he'll lift them by simply making a play with his with his feet. But I think the problems with Daniel Jones, you know, we know that historically he's always sometimes held on to the ball a little bit too long. He's always historically sometimes been a little bit too little bit late throwing the football. The Giants schemed around a lot of that a year ago. They with the quick game stuff, with half field reads, with with simpler stuff. They schemed around a lot of the things that Jones doesn't do well which is what coaches are supposed to do. Identify what players can and can't do and lean into what they can do. A lot of what's going on with the Giants is offensive line related. Any human being who's been under the kind of pressure that Daniel Jones has been under, and it's almost 50% of his dropbacks where he's been under pressure. He's been sacked. I think I saw the number. He's on pace to be sacked. 93 times this year, which is 
which blows away the NFL record, which I think is 76. Mm-hmm. So he's he's been pressured. He was not only sacked 10 times the other night, he was hit 14 times. And that doesn't count the times that he escaped the pocket and ran with the football or escaped the pocket just to get rid of the ball. So the pressure that he's under has to eventually have an impact. It has to make him think about getting hit. It has to make him anxious to get rid of the ball. It has to make him be hesitant to look for a second read or a third read or or scan the field and and wait for a guy to come open deep. It just has to. It's human nature. You know that that said, I don't think the Giants play calling has done him any favors. I talked earlier about about not leaning into the run game the way that they need to. I do believe Patty that we've seen in the way the Giants treated Saquon Barkley in the offseason. The Giants don't want to be a Saquon Barkley-centric offense. Brian Dable and Mike Kafka come from places that were quarterback-centric offenses. That is what they want the New York Giants to be. And unfortunately, right now, they don't have an offensive line that will allow them to be what they're trying to be. So I think that's all part of it. And the other part of it is, obviously, All of those things that we've talked about have led to some regression in Daniel Jones thinking and in his fundamentals. He sometimes looks like that rookie Daniel Jones, that second year Daniel Jones, who forgets to protect the football when he's under pressure in the pocket, who throws a ball just to get rid of it like he did on the second interception last night. And, you know, he he's regressed without any doubt, but I think. I think it's a lot of the other things going on that have caused it. Yeah. And, and it's a shame. It's definitely. All right. Coming up, we're still got to talk about the defense and the, I hate to call them special teams because there hasn't been anything special about them, but they've been a problem. So we're going to talk about that coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast with Patricia Trainer and Ed Valentino. Hey, Giant fans, our partner at eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host Vinnie Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And this week, Vinnie has a potential bargain for your lineup in the form of Jets running back Brees Hall. Hall has had a tough season so far with his limited usage, but his explosive 56-yard rushing game on only six carries against the Chiefs in Week 4, is a great foreshadowing for his best game of the season. When the Jets blow through Denver in Week 5, look for Hall to fly a mile high with his speed and explosiveness. The Broncos' defense is falling apart against the run, and especially against faster backs. So expect Hall to go off and help the Jets try to get a much-needed road win. And Giant fans with many iron from Locked On Fantasy Football helping you to win your fantasy football championship. Know that eBay Motors stands behind you and knowing a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, 
It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. You have Patricia Train on P-Trained, P-Trained, and Ed Valentine. We got, we got to come up with a, a cool nickname for you, Ed. I mean, I, I think that's we'll why you We'll work on that. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. We'll come up with something. We'll have to survey the guys in the press box and see if we can come up with something like that. But anyway. Oh, God, we- I'm, not sh- I'm not sure that's going to work, Patty. <laughs> I'm not sure that's uh, – I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. But but we'll, worth we'll a shot. See. But anyway, <laughs> oh, we are talking about the Giants at the quarter pole, four games in. Yes, it's a 17 game season, so it's not quite the quarter pole, but we're calling it the quarter pole. And Ed, I think I want to get the the ugly out of the way here and just talk about special teams and just how bad they were the other night. Now it's interesting because I didn't think they were that bad to start the season. There were a couple of blips here and there, but Jamie Gillen had started to punt better. Graham Gano was Graham Gano. Um, we started to see a little bit better, imp- you know, a little improvement in there, but it was short-lived. And the other night, Monday night, was just an absolute disaster. Six penalties. I think it would have been seven had one not uh, been declined or offset. What is the problem here? This This special teams unit just has been not consistent for years now. Patty, I remember years ago talking to Steve Weatherford about special teams. And and one of the things Weatherford said was this is toward the end of the season and the special teams unit had fallen apart for the Giants. The coverage unit had fallen apart. And, And he said, look at the guys on this unit at the end of the season compared to the guys we had on it at the beginning of the season. And he was pointing to a bunch of guys at that time that were street free agents and had been with the team for a week or two weeks or whatever. And the point being, you know, that's not quite the situation that it is now, but the point being that special teams play is kind of a microcosm of how good or how bad your roster is because you're using your depth guys, you're using your extra guys and it shows you when the underbelly of the roster just isn't good. And I think that's part of what we're seeing with the Giants. The The lack of discipline last night was awful. Six penalties would have been seven, except that there were two penalties on one play. There was a 23-yard punt return given up, you know, com- compounded by a 10-yard penalty. Cam Brown probably should have gotten an unnecessary roughness penalty for for throwing one of the Seahawks players to the ground in pretty much after the whistle, but somehow the officials let that go. So it could have been even worse. Eric Gray muffing a punt. And I think that's the second one he's muffed so far in four games. I think we talked about the risk of using a rookie without a lot of punt return experience in that role. I think we talked about that back in training camp and we've seen it so far. It's just, you know, in week one, we saw, you know, the, the, the blocked field goal, which, which got Andrew Thomas hurt, you know, not only it got Andrew Thomas hurt, which, which has been a problem ever since it's, it's unfathomable that 
that guys aren't sure of their assignments that that guys are you know false starting and it's penalty after penalty it's a complete lack of discipline on that on that unit and we've talked about Thomas McGahee Giants special teams coordinator we've talked about about T-Mac before I love T-Mac as a guy but this has gone on for a long time now Patty this is going it, it has it didn't just crop up this year it seems like there's something with this group every year and and, and T-Mac is the constant unfortunately so I don't know. I I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if T Mac eventually has to has to go. I don't know if they have to try another voice at some point. I don't know if it's simply about the special teams will get better when the roster gets better. I don't know. One thing I do know is I think the the entire Giants fan base had a giant collective gasp. When they when the Giants put a Dory Jackson back there to return punts last night, mm-hmm. one thing I will say about that, Patty, a Dory Jackson took no risks of getting hurt. He fair caught the first punt, and he basically ran away from every other punt and let him roll for about twenty yards, which so which why wasn't. Not put, why not put Sterling Shepard back there? I put, mean, put Shepard back there. Put Jalen Hyatt back there. Put somebody no, back Shepherd. there. No. Yeah, you know, put why not? He's not doing anything else. You know, he's he's a he's a complete afterthought uh, on this roster, and unfortunately, I think he's going to stay that way. So you're right. Why not put him back there? But but yeah, the special teams are they're they're definitely not special, and I feel bad because Graham Gano is just extraordinary, and and for for that matter, you know, Jamie Gillen is punting the ball better this year than I've seen him punted in a while, but particularly with Gano, he's extraordinary. And, and every time I criticize the special teams, which I do, I have to make sure that I exempt Gano from that criticism. I saw, I saw what you did on, on wet willies and kudos and wet willies. I have to, you have to, exempt, you have to, you have to exempt Graham Gano. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me, Patty, that, any human being, he walks out there to to kick a fifty-five yard field goal, and you're already writing in your notebook. That's you know you're writing that's it's three points. Automatic. That's three points. As soon as he comes on the field, it's like if it's inside sixty yards, it's like that's three. <laughs> you know, it's 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 crazy that you think it's automatic. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Mister Automatic. That's what that's what I call him at any rate. So, all right, and um. Quick, that was a quick hit on special teams. I still want to talk about the defense, so we'll do that in the next segment. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can sometimes drag us down, leaving us with more questions than answers. Life-changing decisions and events can challenge our coping skills and call our confidence in making decisions into question. BetterHelp can provide you with the guidance you need to become empowered in your decision-making process. BetterHelp is entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and if your assigned therapist turns out not to be a match, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. 
Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. Patricia Chena here, P Train with Ed Valentine E Train. Yeah, I don't know about E-train. that. I don't know about that. Well, you can't, you can't have the train because you know. No, I don't. E-val, I don't, I don't want. E-val, I like that. You whatever whatever <laughs> floats whatever floats your boat, Patty. I am not going to argue with you. This is your you show. You know better than to argue I'm, with me. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you, even though you know, Patty. There have been a couple times in the press box lately where you've admitted to me that I was right and you were wrong. And it, are you and, sure and, I wasn't drunk or tired or something? Was I tired? Uh, I don't care what you were, but I <laughs> but I marked them down because they're oh. you know I have well, to I, I gotta have throw to remember you a bone once things. in a while. I mean, exactly. if I could throw my husband a bone once in a while, I could certainly throw you a bone once in a while, right? There, there you go. Okay, Giant fans, we are talking about the Giants at the quarter mark. We talked offense, we talked uh, special teams, and I used that special term very uh, loosely. Uh, loosely. <laughs> Let's talk about the defense, Ed. Now, I thought. Of the three units on Monday night, the defense played the best. Not great, but the best considering. What were your thoughts on the defense? Patty, the defense last night, the final score was 24 to 3. The defense gave up 10 points. The other, the one touchdown, the first touchdown, Seattle got the ball in the seven yard line. You can't hold that against the defense at all. The other touchdown was the, uh, you know, the, the one blip for the defense last night was the 51-yard play by Noah Font, where I can't believe that no one knocked him out of bounds as he tightroped down the sideline for 51 yards. The Giants' defense was better last night. Kayvon Thibodeau showed up, you know, and, and, and at least in the early stages of the game when the outcome was in doubt, you know, Kayvon made his presence felt. I thought the defense was better. By and large, I couldn't complain about the defense. But, you know, a couple of guys were talking about how, in the locker room, talking about how well they thought they played on defense and and how well they tackled. Patty, they still missed 10 tackles. Mm. And Seattle ran 55 plays, which is not a lot. And the Giants still missed 10 tackles. They still had situations where they had guys getting run through. And it's still not good enough. It was better. But it was better by comparison to special teams and the offense, which were completely non-functional. So still not good enough. Still not a turnover. Still not anything close to creating a turnover. They still allowed a touchdown drive to Drew Locke in the one series that he played. So that was the one opportunity they had to really turn the game around, and they allow a touchdown drive to Drew Locke. So better, but still not good enough. I still have questions about where Isaiah Simmons fits in this defense. We saw last night that the Trey Hawkins as an outside cornerback experiment basically crashed to a halt last night when he did not play a single defensive snap. So 
they still have issues at cornerback. They they're still not generating even with those Aziz Ojolari on the field. They didn't generate a consistent pass rush. So better, but still not good enough. So overall, Ed, and, and maybe the answer is, is combination, but is it effort? Is it coaching? Is it bad luck? What do you see as the biggest problem right now for the Giants defense? Oh, how do I answer this one, Patty? I think one of the things that we've talked about ever since the end of last season is the Giants' need for game-changing players, okay? Now, they added Bobby Okereke. They drafted Tay Banks, okay? But if Kayvon Thibodeau is not going to be a terror off the edge on a consistent basis. If Aziz Ojolari is not going to be on the field on a consistent basis because he can't stay healthy, they still don't have enough difference makers. I look at Tay Banks, who I love Tay Banks. I think he's going to have a really good career. Plus, he's a Maryland guy. Plus, he's a Maryland guy, so he's always got that because I'm a Maryland guy, and we know that. So, so yeah, and you know, so I'm biased to the Maryland guys. All right, there. <laughs> but, but listen, Adoree Jackson's a good player, but Adoree Jackson is not a game changer. He doesn't turn the ball over. Guess who Tay Banks' NFL comparison was by most NFL draft analysts? Adoree Jackson. <laughs> They don't, Bobby Okereke is a good player who's still trying to find his way. They don't, they still don't have difference makers on the defensive side of the ball, Patty. And I don't think Leonard Williams is the player he used to be. Yeah. So I, I think that, and I think the Giants saw this coming with Leonard Williams, which is why I think they didn't give him a contract extension, which is why I think he'll be moving on at the end of the year. But they still, don't have difference makers. And oh, by the way, the next time you you see Xavier McKinney make a play, it might be the first time he's made one all year. So I, you know, so I don't know if it's the way he's being used. I don't know if he's just not the player we thought he was in 2021. But but Xavier McKinney is missing in action. And uh, like I said, it it doesn't help the fact that that the Giants just don't have difference makers on the defensive side. Yeah, for sure. They don't have that dog mentality. It seems to be lacking. But, Ed, final question for you. Can the Giants turn it around and save their season, or are they just basically hamstrung at this point? Patty, I think we have we've had issues with a lot of the decisions that the coaching staff has made. And yet, Brian Dable won Coach of the Year a year ago. Mike Kafka got four interviews for a head coaching job, was close to a fifth, was talked about for the Northwestern job. Wink Martindale has done this at a high level for a very long time. It's a very experienced, very good staff of position coaches. I don't know why it's been as messy as it's been so far, but I do think that I do think they'll settle this down at some point. I do think it will get better. 
The Giants signed Justin Pugh on Tuesday. I don't know how much Justin has left in the tank, but I do think when he's ready to play, just his veteran presence might help settle down the offensive line a little bit. I don't think it's going to fix it, but but it could help, especially maybe if they put him next to Evan Neal. It might help Neal settle down a bit. But I think it will get better, Patty. But I think the idea that this is a playoff team in 2023, I'm thinking that unless something extraordinary happens the next two weeks against them against the Dolphins or the Bills, which I absolutely don't expect, I think that ship may have sailed already. I do think you get past the the Bills game in week six. I think maybe we can see some better football the last 10, 11 games of the year. But but I think the idea that that the Giants are are a, a contender, uh, I think I think we've seen that the answer to that is uh not quite. Yeah. Still a long way to go, a lot of work to get done. Giant fans, all we could do is just say, hang in there. I know it's been a long time, it's been disappointing, but Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you know, I think I said this on your show, Ed, we're seeing what we probably should have seen last year from this team. And that is the rebuild stage and that, you know, kind of got put to the side because the Giants were able to catch everybody off guard. So, you know, and Patty, the one thing the, before we, before we wrap up, the one thing I want to say real quickly is I think we have to go back to the Buffalo Bills example where Joe Shane and Brian Dable came from. The first year of Sean McDermott's time in Buffalo, they had a surprisingly good first season. And then they they fell back in the second year. So they basically did the reverse of what you would have anticipated. And I think we've seen other examples of that as well. But what's happened in Buffalo ever since has been good. That's what you're looking for because the Giants are still building this thing. They have to still build it, and and no matter how this year turns out, I think we can question a lot of things. But I still think that the the Shane Dable pairing is a good one for the Giants. I still think the fact that they're on the same page, even though they will make mistakes and they have made mistakes, I still think that in the long run, they'll have the Giants pointed in the right direction. Amen. I think so, too. I'm not ready to to throw in the towel on these guys. It's just, it's got to take patience. I mean, I know that's easier said than done, but, you know, look, it's been over 10 years since the last truly winning season. Um, eventually, it's got to come. It's got to. It's got to. Hopefully in our lifetime, but... Uh, I'm going to retire soon, Patty. It better come quick. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I mean, it's been a long time, folks. But all I can say is just hang in there. It won't be easy. There'll be growing pains. But you guys at least have the option of not tuning in if you don't want to um, (laughs) or leaving the games early. So uh, anyway, on that note, I want to thank you for tuning in. As always, thank you to my everydayers, my subtext community, Anybody who's a first-timer, welcome to the podcast. 
and everybody in between. You guys are appreciated and loved. Make sure you keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast tomorrow, crossover Thursday with Locked on Dolphins host Kyle Krabs. That should be a good one. And then on Friday, we'll have one more show for you before we send you into the weekend and hopefully a better weekend of Giants football. Ed Valentine, a big blue view. Thank you for coming on, Giant fans. We will see you tomorrow here on the Locked on Giants podcast.